everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is my friend Wolf Hudson, who is an adult entertainer and just an all-around swell guy. He talks very candidly with me about his time in the adult industry, and he cracks me up like very few people can because it's coming from a place of intimate vulnerability. Today on Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. So hunker down and sink your teeth into some new Hi Jinx. Forever. Dog. everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by adult film star, director, and my friend, it's Wolf Hudson. Hi, Wolf. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> Wolf, you are only the second adult star that we've had on High Jinx. So, congratulations for being number two. You're sloppy seconds. Wolf, you have been such a sweetheart to me since the first day um, we connected on Instagram and I invited you to the Jinx and De La Holiday show in LA. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I reached out because I'm a fan of yours. But when you're talking to an adult star to say, hey, I'm a fan of yours, it just automatically implies I've masturbated to you. Um, How do you navigate that in your life when when someone tells you they're a fan? Is your first thought like, oh, this person has watched me and jacked off? Well, well, I would hope so, because there's no other reason for them to know who I am. Oh, I know you from the local Ralphs. Did you go to, you know, like, no, I would hope that they're jerking off to me, and I and I would hope that they, you know, enjoyed my content in some capacity. So, yeah, of course, that's the first thing that I that I expect, but what else should I expect? <laughs> my, 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 the biggest thing, though, is, you know, don't come to me and say, oh, I'm a big fan. Can we fuck? Uh-huh. That's not that's not gonna fly with me. As opposed to amazing nights and mornings and whatever, <laughs> you're just awesome. You see, that's a better way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And once the and once the conversation progresses, then we can establish if we want to fuck or not. <laughs> so it's not off the table. It's just um, you know, get to know me first. <laughs> get to know me first. I, I don't fuck people that idolize me. Yeah, because like it's a- what. Go ahead. That's- that's a fairly good rule to have, you know. Um, I think there's definitely levels of star fuckery. Like there's your entry level star fu- fuckers, and then there's your and your obsessive star fuckers. So um. for sure. <laughs> well, for, for me, it's more of like, okay, I, I clearly understand that there's some fandom that's going on, and so I'm gonna let you like ride that wave once you meet me. And now, if I want to engage with you, now put me on your level. Yeah. Stop putting me on this pedestal because it, it, once you have me there, you're never going to treat me as a human being. Yeah. And, that, and then right there, we can't make a connection. And I just don't want to entertain that. So you're not trying, you're not trying to actively be anyone's sex god, even though that's probably on your resume. I want to be a sex god on your laptop, on your phone, <laughs> with your hands, with your toys. But I'm not actively being one in real life. Unless we actually have a genuine conversation and connection. So you're basically Thor and... Um... <laughs> Thor? Is that, is that that's his bag? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm trying to equate you um, to a superhero in, in the adult <laughs> film industry. Uh, Thor just seemed like the easiest fit. <laughs> sure, I have a hammer. Hey, hey. No. But no, it's I listen, I'm a regular person. I'm nobody special in regards to, you know, 
being considered anything above that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just like anybody else. So treat me as such. I can, listen, I have celebrities that I'm like, oh my God, I would love to meet them or I've idolized and been inspired by their, their, uh, their art. But I also know that they are human beings and I'm not going to put them on this pedestal that they don't need to be because most artists are uncomfortable being put there. Like I, for one, I, I, I'm terrible with compliments. Yeah. And then you have those that are narcissistic and they want that adulation. Then yeah. you know what? Go for it. Um, you've been in the industry for quite a while and I'm, I'm interested to know what are some of the biggest, um, misconceptions you face as an adult star or the biggest stereotypes that get put on you or the maybe false expectations um, people place on you when getting to know you in real life? I mean, the obvious, I'm fucking all the time. That <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm running with a heart on and I'm going to fuck <laughs> you. That adult, adult performers are not smart that they don't have the capacity to be informed or have an intelligent thought. Um, yeah, those are like, I think the two biggest ones that, and that we're, we don't, yeah, we don't have the capacity to do anything else other than sex. And, that, and we're so dumb that this is what we can resort to as opposed to really thinking, well, maybe I'm smart enough to know that I have something that I can use to make more money than you'll ever make in a year. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just saying yeah so yeah no so people generally think that you know yeah that we're just we're like the the (laughs) sex machines that were the lowest of the lowest when in reality just like i was saying earlier we're human beings just like everybody else and trying to make a living yeah i think there's i i think we've been hardcore conditioned um to to have plenty of misconceptions towards sex workers um, in any capacity. And it's so interesting that our society has such a, such a long-standing like conditioning around sex work and all of the stereotypes and misconceptions you just described for adult stars. Um, it's just so funny that it's like, these are the people you jack off to. These are the people that you like, you know, welcome into your intimate moments in your life, but then turn around and possibly treat them with nothing but misconceptions and stereotypes. And it's just so interesting that like dichotomy of kind of like worshiping and demonizing people Mm -hmm. in this industry at the same time. Absolutely. And I mean, and, and that goes to, if you don't treat me on your level, if you don't treat me as a human being, you don't treat me with respect. No, I'm not going to want to entertain having anything to do with you in any capacity. And it's interesting because like, you know, sex work, uh, at least adult entertainment has gotten more popular over the years. It's, there's been this level of mainstream acceptance that has happened over the years, but it'll always stay as this underground realm where we are never going to be on par with quote-unquote legitimate entertainers we don't have the brain capacity to handle such an endeavor and little do they know that a lot of performers have bachelor's degrees have uh have a doctrine have studied in a capacity that a lot of people that want to put us down have never achieved yeah you know, we have other skill sets. We we have the same type of emotions that most people have. It's like we deal with shit. And just because of what we do, it does not diminish what we do. But that's all conditioning. That literally comes down to what society has put on people in regards to sex, in relations to women and sex. And so once you have that conditioning, then yes, of course, you're going to already have this preconceived notion of, oh, they are just only good for this and nothing more. Yeah. Um, before we began recording, you did mention there was construction going on behind you. And I told you I couldn't 
hear it at all. And and now and now we can definitely hear it. So I just want to make that note to <laughs> the listeners <laughs> that it is a circumstance yes. we're dealing with. And I hope that it doesn't undercut the um very insightful things that you're saying that we hear <laughs> like constant yeah, pounding in the, the background. Thun, thun, thun. I know. I should speak a little louder. I, I do apologize for that. It's, it's, it came out of nowhere. No, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> if we were doing the comic retelling of this scene, it would be uh, of this scene. <laughs> oh, for sure. If we were doing the comic retelling of this podcast episode, it would be that there was a scene being filmed like right behind you. <laughs> I know. You know what? And it doesn't sound particularly fun, to be honest with you. Oh my God, no, damn. it doesn't. The rhythm's all off. <laughs> Oh my god, that thumping. No, you're supposed to put the dick in the hole, not on the wall. Anyway, um, they're just looking for a stud. Hey. <laughs> um and to to speak to what you were just mentioning, um in school you excelled in art class and you did a, a post-graduation work-study scholarship where you attended a dance academy and studied modern jazz, hip-hop, and salsa. I um, did. Yeah, so you've got a dancing background and an art background. Um, do you think any of that has played into your work as an adult star or is it something you maintain as um, a life hobby? Um, it's a combination. I mean, it definitely, when I got into the industry, I was still fresh from, uh, being in that dance world in New York. And I used dancing to my advantage in terms of promoting myself, like early on in like the social, social media age. So like I would make little YouTube videos whenever I'd go to events, I'd make sure that I really showcase my dancing, uh, especially when I was hired to be, um, go-go dancer a feature dancer so no I've, I've definitely applied it i've even applied it in movies i actually i did a movie about 10 years ago where it was an all dance movie mm -hmm. and each scene had a different style of dancing and then after the dance you had sex mm -hmm. so i've always applied it in sub capacity and even my performance when i when i shoot i'm very aware of my body i'm very aware of other people's body it's a dance and i i don't choreograph what i do but i definitely try to read my partner so that we're in the same rhythm yeah i i can imagine that coming in very handy in in your line of work um mm -hmm. i i i have dance experience in my background and i will you know, constantly pull it out for auditions and on my resume and stuff. But um, I was always a very klutzy dancer, which is how I knew I needed to be an actor and not a dancer <laughs> is because <laughs> you could, you could, that could be your shtick. You could be the klutzy dancer. And I think most people would actually find that endearing because it's coming <laughs> from an honest place. I'd be laughing my ass off. Well, that's why, I mean, there was definitely a moment when I was, you know, training hard to be a ballet dancer because that's what I thought my destiny in life was. And there was just a moment after I had gotten my third like comic acting role in a ballet where I was doing like minimal dancing, but mostly like pantomime and um, physical comedy work. I was like, wait, I'm, I'm a dancer who doesn't dance. Maybe there's a better, <laughs> a better option. A better for me. I um, love, by the way, I love pantomiming. That's one of my favorite things. And I still do today. It's, it's one of those, I would say party tricks that I throw at people and they're always like uh, a little space uh, object work. Uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> exactly. No, but it's just great because they never expect it. And when you do it, it there's always like this twinkle. It's like watching a little kid. Uh -huh. seen something for the first time and it happens even with grown-ass people oh yeah I, I i definitely love you know doing the opening a window closing a big sliding door rowing the gondola these are things <laughs> right, i pull right. out for friends at the drop do of ever, a hat <laughs> do you ever do the the drinking water one I I don't even think that was part of our we studied Jacques Lecoq's 20 moves and it was it was interesting stuff like um jumping onto the ledge of a cliff and pulling yourself up or like right. um, ice ice skating or skiing but we never did drinking water <laughs> uh walking against the wind did it do walking against the wind 
<laughs> I guess there was a lot of pantomime that I missed out on. So, you know, it's maybe it was a more advanced level that you did not go to. This will be our next collaboration is you and exactly. I will do a, a, a how-to pantomime video. <laughs> well, right. A how-to pantomime. And listen, if you can walk against the wind, then you can moonwalk because it's basically <laughs> the, the same principle. I I do not know how to moonwalk. Um, and anytime I even joke at moonwalking, I think of this quote that plays in my head all the time from the show, The Drew Carey Show, where right. he's like performing and um, someone says, oh no, he thinks he's moonwalking, but he's just walking <laughs> backwards. <laughs> I think about that constantly. So you started your um, career in the adult film industry early in life at the at the tender age of 22. 21. Um, 21. Okay. 21. Yeah, um, sure facts. <laughs> so, um, and that was in 2006? In 2006, yes. So when um, I, I was graduating high school, you were embarking on a career in the adult film industry. I guess I was. Sliding doors. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> there's a lot of sliding in. But anyways, uh, digress. Uh, yeah, no, I, I started 2001. It was <clears throat> literally I th- the job before I was a bookkeeper at a button distributor. A, a button most distributor. <laughs> a button, like the buttons on your shirts. Buttons. Okay, but who's going to put me in touch with a butt distributor? Because I'm going to need that next. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, we can we can help you with that. It's called rent men. Um, <laughs> but no, this, I was working as a, as a bookkeeper. It was one of the most god awful jobs, even though it paid pretty good. Um, they went through a merger because you know that's a big company, and so they started laying off from each department. And then they came to the accounting department to let me go, and it was literally the happiest moment of my life. I couldn't contain my glee when I was being fired, and. I just remember I, after that, I said to myself, I do not want to work for anybody. I just want to work for myself and do my own shit. I don't care what I do. This is how I want it. And I'm looking through Craigslist. I'm doing odd jobs, bike messenger, uh, working at a flower shop, uh, delivering flowers, all this kind of shit. And then I saw the adult section on Craigslist. And I'm like, hmm, never thought about it. But hmm. I'm, I'm seeing all these ads and I'm like, holy shit, they hired for this? Are you serious? I could do this for a living? And I saw an ad for a gangbang. I applied. <laughs> of course. If you're going to start, you got to go all the way. Sounds like your typical said, cattle call. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am a stud. But I w- was, yeah, I applied and they, they accepted me and I was able to do the job, the main job, successfully. And I was like, this is good. And I saw the pay and I was like, I could totally do this, but never in my wildest dreams did I think that this was going to be a long-term career or even a career. I thought it was going to be, oh, maybe a couple months, maybe a year. And now it's been 15 years. Well, congratulations on 15 years in the biz. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I feel so honored. <laughs> um, <That's been. laughs> I will say one of my favorite aspects of you as an adult performer is your work in the acting scenes and i um i mean that's to me like when i start following a person beyond just like you know oh uh, i like this person in a in a porn scene but when i start really following a person and like follow them on social media and like uh, become a fan is based on their work in the acting scenes oh that's and funny. i feel like you always bring a lighthearted earnestness to your performance in the acting scenes um, prior and post sexual and sometimes during sexual engagement. <laughs> sometimes I, I like to, here's the thing with the acting. I do take it seriously, but I also don't because it's fucking porn. So I'm not here <laughs> trying to give you an Oscar winning performance. I'm here to give you 
a semi-believable performance and give you the understanding this is fucking porn. Really? You're watching this right now? Get <laughs> Fast forward and start jerking off. <laughs> oh, no. I, I love the acting scenes for the context because they always make the, the, the sex yeah. more of a payoff when you know the context of the scene. But, um, but I, I will say, yeah, it's I, I feel like there's a sense of humor that shines through in your acting performances. For sure. Um, that makes it fun to watch. Have you had moments where you've had to, like, stop in the middle of a scene and be like, uh, I, I don't get my character's motivation here. <laughs> Honestly, I've actually done that a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, only because the the scenario did not seem plausible. Now, mind you, we're dealing with porn. None of it makes sense. <laughs> but there's still has to be a level of going from A to B to C. That it, it has to make sense. And so I have called it out. Um, I think most of the times I was successful in changing the narrative. And the other times it was like, no, nah, we're just going to stick with this. I'm like, all right. <laughs> All right, if you want, it's sure. But yeah, no, very few times. But honestly, like, I just have fun with it. Like, who really cares? I, I don't care. This brings me to a topic in 2009. Um, the Tyra Banks show asked you to be a guest and you turned down being a guest on their Gay for Pay um, episode where they were yeah. interviewing quote unquote gay for pay adult stars. Mm-hmm. And your quote on the matter was, I am not conventional. I am not fully straight because I do gay porn, but I'm not bi because I don't date men in my personal life. I define myself as a sexualist. And you credit Mm -hmm. Chi-Chi LaRue for coming up with that term. Um, Yes. So um, the last time you and I were hanging out, you talked about some of the misconceptions and some of the labels that get put on you um, in terms of your sexuality once you've done... Um, one kind of porn scene or once you've like done something with another guy in a porn scene, it can yeah. label you within the industry. Um, how has that evolved throughout your time in the industry? And um, what, what struggles do you still fa- face as a sexualist in the adult industry? Well, it's funny, like my sexuality has definitely evolved in a way where I actually do identify as bisexual, but still on the uh, hetero side. Like I'm, I'm heterally romantic or heteroromantic. Yeah. Um, I am open to the idea of being involved with a man in a relationship. I just haven't found that person that I have that same uh, chemistry that I do with women. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the, the adversity that I've had to face in this industry, just being a bisexual male is still taboo. And, and, it, and it's interesting too, because like the generations have changed. Uh, people's tastes in porn have changed. Obviously, like I do primarily bisexual porn today and people are consuming it a lot. Mm-hmm. But there is still the, the assumption that because I have sex with men, then I'm automatically gay. Because I have sex with men, I am now a vessel for HIV and I am going to infect a whole slew of people because that's what I want to do. Um, and just the, the ignorance in regards to the subject of HIV itself, mm-hmm. not really understanding how that actually works. And so that's, that, that's still the main thing that I deal with today. I mean, I deal with rejection literally on a daily basis because Part of what I do now as an independent content creator is that I reach out to different performers on social media. And a lot of the times people will decline because of what I do. They'll say, oh, it's not my thing. Oh, I don't do that. I'm I'm with an agent. So they told me not to do this. You know, I've been dealing with it for so many years. It's, you know, I just deal with it. It's like, all right, like water off a duck's back, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, but it's, it's, it's still is disappointing when it does happen. But, but I, I will say the change has been better in terms of I'm seeing much more acceptance from a lot of people. And I'm seeing so many more people, at least in the industry, as a male coming out as bisexual, as pansexual, or just no label at all. Just mm-hmm. I'm for, free for all. 
that wasn't the case when I was coming up. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was probably one of the few adult performers that was doing both openly under the same name, which came with a lot of ridicule. And I, I, I took a lot of beatings. And now I see people today like Dante Cole, who has transcended so much to now where he's literally with a major agency, shooting multiple genres, winning awards and beating out female performers. Mm-hmm. It, it, I would have never have expected this, never in all the years that I've been doing this, would I have ever thought that that would be a possibility. But I'm happy that that's happening. Even though I took the beatings, I'm glad that to some degree, I was able to pave it so that others could not have to deal with that. Yeah. I I know in my own porn consumption that I've noticed that there are um, quite a few mainstream straight male porn actors who did begin early in their careers yeah. and gave for pay. Yeah. Um, but it kind of seems like there's a point where they had to make the decision of like, okay, if I'm going to be a mainstream straight porn actor, then that's yeah. all I can do for the rest of my career. Absolutely. And I, I think it... um. Speaks Michael Vegas being one of them. Yeah. Uh, Michael Vegas and I talked a little bit about it. And um, Michael Vegas is also, I think both you and Michael Vegas are very um, great examples of people who have worked in the mainstream porn industry. But now that there's a little bit more focus and enthusiasm for self-generated content, mm-hmm. I feel like both of you are contributing to um deconstructing you know pretty old ideals around sex and sexuality um most of the uh self-produced content self-generated content you do is bisexual porn mm-hmm. um michael vegas is now self-producing um a lot of pegging fisting. porn pegging, <laughs> fisting yeah. pegging um yeah <laughs> um and I, I think all of that contributes to um, what you mentioned, where the attitudes towards sex and sexuality in the industry are changing and evolving so that it's not so rigid. And I, you know, now I'm noticing there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot more heterosexual porn that. Um, where the male actors are doing things that probably previously Mm-hmm. would have never been seen in straight porn because it would have been considered too queer, like guys getting rimmed by, by female actors. And right. um, I think this is the third time I've brought up guys getting rimmed in, <laughs> in this podcast. But I find, it very, <laughs> I find it very interesting because I just think about how, like, to see that in straight porn yeah. is so... <laughs> It's just so funny how how big of a deal it seems like to me, because I think straight porn really um, more than any other um, more than any other porn in the industry, straight porn, heterosexual porn really does still kind of feed into a lot of, I think, misogyny, toxic masculinity, um, you know, uh, the way women are depicted you know, still a lot in Even men. Um, straight porn and the way men are depicted really just upholds kind of outdated gender concepts and rigid, rigid gender stereotypes. Um, so to me, anyone who's working to tear down those constructs and um, redirect people's way of thinking um, is doing God's work in the <laughs> in the adult oh, industry. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, but it's interesting though because when I started doing buy content independently, that was never my thought. I never went into it saying, "Oh, I want to change things," because quite frankly, bisexual porn was not marketable for conventional purposes. Nobody nobody was really producing it. It was. It was never a thing. So for me to do it was more of like, I just want to have fun. Like a lot of stuff had happened to me up until that point. This was now me saying for myself, I want to have a good time. If I can explore that on film every now and then just for fun, so be it. The actual creating content portion of it was merely by accident because 
I had been retired from porn. When I got back, I was only doing select scenes just so I can get laid. Mm-hmm. Literally, that was my that was that was my old, no, that was well. I hadn't had sex before that because my mother had passed away, and I was going through the grieving process, so I had no libido. Working through that, finding my libido, I'm like, I don't want to fucking date. I don't want to go through the fucking dance of courtship. Fuck that noise. Let me just do a couple of porn scenes. I'll be good. Oh, I get paid a little bit. Yeah, that's that's cool too. Sure. And so, but literally, it, a couple hit me up. Performers, they were like, "Hey, you want to shoot some content, like some buy stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's, let's do it." No intention of like, I'm gonna post this on a platform. And literally, I threw it on Pornhub, and it it exploded. I started posting more, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. So there was literally no, I'm making a political statement. What's interesting though is that the reaction that I've gotten from people, that's what's become political, whether it's good or bad, mostly good. Um, Just to hear from somebody from Ireland or somebody from uh, Kenya saying how much they enjoy my porn and because of my porn, they were able to come out as bisexual. They were able to come out to their wives or their family or what have you. Like, and in my head, I'm like, I was just having a good time and filming it, putting it out there, you know, and, and moving on with my life. Well, that's an aspect of advocacy work is being unapologetically visible and Mm -hmm. um, claiming your space so that one, um, you're saying to everyone who witnesses it, hey, I exist. People like me exist and I'm claiming space for us in this realm. But then it 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 feeds out and inspires other people and makes other people feel less othered. Because yeah. they see this exists in the world. There's no reason to believe that bi- bisexual threesomes don't happen in the world. So why isn't it happening more in our in our porn? Um, and, and that and that visibility is important. And within the past couple of years, I have now gotten more political and really showcasing myself as that to give people something, to give people hope, and be like, man, if if a wolf can do it, then I can do it. I want to ask this question because I've been asked this question a lot recently and it's just funny that it keeps coming up because it's not like um, it's a new concept, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason in the last couple of weeks, I keep getting asked um, by different people like about the duality of um, your career being something that you really enjoy. Like for me, drag and artistry is a passion of mine and was a passion of mine before I knew that I could make a career out of it. Now it's my career and my passion is also work. So there's no way to talk about like art and artistry and my passion without it bringing in all the thoughts and stress correlated to it being your career and your work and vice versa. Like it's really hard to turn off the work part of my brain and have non-work related conversations. So I'm wondering with something like sex, which is such a, you know, a big part of the human experience and, um, you know, something that we all have a relationship to no matter how we identify with our sexuality, even asexual people have a relationship to sex, you know, um, uh, we all, know about it we all have to think about it in varying capacities and sometimes talk about it so with such a such a big part of the human experience being related to your career how do you navigate um living a normal life and having a normal relationship to sex when there's also um an aspect of work tied to it I have always been a workaholic and everything <laughs> you just said about the, you know, how back and forth, whether it's the, the, the performance or the work. Yeah, no, I've, I've had issues with that. I just, for me, I've always been an entertainer. I love entertaining. And, but to make that happen, you have to be adept to the work. And so for me, there, there's, for a long period, there was never an off button. It was mm-hmm. very constant. The people that I associated with were in porn and we only talk about porn. 
Um, when I retired in 2016, or when I was on hiatus, should I say, I, it was the first time that I really had to get to know myself. I hadn't known myself for the past 10 years. Not to say that I was lost in any way. It's just that now I had to rediscover myself and move on with my life into some other capacity. And with that break, and with a lot of things that were happening in my life in that moment, I really started to take notice of what was important for me. And one of the biggest takeaways was my mental and physical health is paramount. And if I don't take care of it, it catches up to you when you least expect it. And if you're not prepared, it can beat you down and it'll keep you there until you can finally find a way. And for some people, it, sometimes it, ne it never fully happens. Yeah. Once I started to have an awareness of myself, I really started to make notice of, you know, how do I want to interact with people? How do I want to uh, be seen as a person? Because, you know, I have ADHD. I have a hard time with focusing. So one of the things that I did was I started taking improv class. It allowed me for the first time to actually listen to somebody, to be able to communicate and have a thoughtful conversation, to be able to put my phone down and not have to rely on social media to get my fix. Yeah. You know, we all do it, you know, go to a restaurant and put the phone down. And so, and then just finding things that actually give me pleasure. And, and once I started to figure that out, I slowly started to basically build a new foundation where, yes, this is my work, you know, and I, and I must take it seriously because it's, you go from the shooting to then the uploading, the editing and doing all that stuff. But once that is done, I have to take a break. Mm -hmm. I have to be there for myself. And that for me, a break is reading, going hiking, cooking. I love to cook. Like those are the things that really just put me in a really good place. I love having conversations with people. Coffee, I love having those moments. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that, you know, as much as the work is important and the, 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 the entertainment aspect is important, you're entertaining people, you're making people happy, but you have to find a way to make yourself happy because if you can't do that, then obviously, you know, the, what's the RuPaul saying? Can't love yourself. Huh? Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that line, yeah. you know, but, but, it's, but it's true though. And so I don't consume myself with sex as much as most people would think, you know, I, I have my moments where I, I need it. I have my moments where I have to shoot it, mm -hmm. but I can step away from it in a healthy way that keeps me on my toes. And, and, and the next time I am presented with, uh, with that opportunity, it feels good. It feels like it's almost like the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So Basically, a work-life balance is important um, no matter what, even if you're doing something that you love or something that you enjoy. Absolutely. I mean, you can only dance for so long. At some point, you have to sit back and actually let your feet rest or sit back and enjoy the fruits of your labor. Yeah. I'm going to ask, um, I've tried to ask insightful, informed um, questions this entire episode, but I am going to ask one silly question. Yes. Um, is your penis insured? <laughs> um, for legal purposes, I cannot discuss that. I, I will just say that um, I've tried reaching out to Progressive and they are not available. So I am starting a new insurance company for penises called Progressive. For Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Yes. No, my penis is not insured. <laughs> There's only one person that I actually know that has their penis insured for a million dollars. Oh my gosh. Is yes. that who I'm thinking? He's a Brazzers contract performer. We talked about him last time we hung out. Did we? I think so. I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I can say it publicly. It's public knowledge. Kieran Lee. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's a straight male performer for Brazzers. I thought it was Danny D just because um um because of oh. the sheer size of the penis. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Uh, I do not know that information. <laughs> yes. Um I would like to ask you, 
Do you have any particular words of advice for someone who would like to pursue a career in um, in the adult industry? Don't. 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 <laughs> um, I mean, no. <laughs> that's, the go- that's the go-to joke with drag queens is when someone's yeah. like, how do I be a new drag queen? It's like, uh, we have enough. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're, we're good. Thanks for, thanks for replying, though. No, I, the, the advice that I would give any newbie is have a goal in mind set set your standards of what you want to do what you want to achieve know that you're not in point to make friends if you make them that's amazing but that's not the priority because you're going to be disappointed by a lot of people who are not going to be on your level if that's what you're looking for Mm -hmm. porn has to come from a very real place but it has to be treated with respect, it has to be ethical. Mm-hmm. Um, but know what you want to do. Know yourself. Like, what is it that you want to express as an adult film performer? You know, don't don't shoot what you think people want to see. Shoot what you want to do. Yeah, that's what's going to resonate so much more. And know your worth. Know know your worth in terms of what you want to do, what you won't do. And you're worth even financially. If this is what you want to be paid, this is what you're going to be paid. And there's no negotiations if that's your worth. Because often than not, I see performers where they feel they have to go lower or they have to bend certain aspects of what they're going to shoot because they want the end. Because they, they, they want so desperately to be in and they don't want to be rejected. And that actually ends up hurting them in the long run. You know, that is just really good advice for anyone in any form of the entertainment business. Um, uh, We were talking specifically about adult stars, but everything you said is universal for anyone who wants to have a career in entertainment or the arts, you know, and um, I'm I. I think it's probably common knowledge that, you know, in the entertainment industry at large, there's tons of exploitation. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's special issues around exploitation within the adult industry. Um, and so every word of advice you just gave applies to anyone wanting to be an entertainer. It's a it's a very it's a difficult career path, but a rewarding one. If, um, if, if, if you, you keep, put the you worth in, yeah. And yeah. if you have the tenacity and the, and the drive for it, and if it's something you're passionate about doing, um, there are always ways to figure out doing it in a way that is, um, uh, lucrative for you, but also, um, makes you feel good as a human being. <laughs> Absolutely. And listen, being an artist is a struggle. You are going to slave over this passion that you have and you might not reap the rewards that you want automatically. It's going to be so labor intensive for, you know, X amount of time. You know, you have to be prepared for the pitfalls. You have to be prepared that you might not make it. It's this is not guaranteed. And and being in the entertainment industry is very inconsistent. It's not a stable industry unless you're working behind the scenes, unless you're, mm-hmm. the, you know, the director, you're the, the, the executive producer. You know, you can work up to that point, but you, you have to understand that this line of work is not for everybody. It is it is demanding. You have to have mind, body, and soul be in check. And sometimes they're not, and it's okay. But make sure that you can get to that point because you're going to be tried. Now, putting all that scary stuff aside, it's a great industry if you're in it. You can have some of the most spectacular experiences with people and shooting in locations that you never expected to be, you know, and quite possibly maybe even make really good friends and i've been very lucky and fortunate to have had that but it's not to say that it's been perfect you know i've definitely i've I've had to i have to put in the work and i've had a lot of rejection but it's only made me stronger it's made me appreciate my craft it's made me appreciate the most important thing about sex work which is entertainment i just want to entertain if they're not entertained I'm not doing my job 
And if I can't do my job, I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Well, I think you do your job very well. Um, uh... <laughs> what? No, I was just like, I think you do your job very well. And Thank then there's you. nothing else to say past that other than you're one sexy motherfucker, Wolf Hudson. And Thank <laughs> you, you. Put a, you put a smile on my face in all your acting scenes. And you really seem to enjoy the work that you do. And that makes it easy to enjoy your work. You know, when when you see, you know, no matter what the premise of the scene is, when you see people enjoying themselves, it's it's more fun. It's more entertaining. And, Absolutely. you know, I, I don't get into porn where it feels like someone in the scene isn't enjoying themselves, right. you know, and I know that there's certain taboos and scenarios where someone might be playing a role, but I think it's easy to tell when, like, when someone's not into it and I don't, you know, like, um, it doesn't make me feel good yeah. to watch something where it feels like, Oh, that person doesn't seem into it. And, right. um, so that's a that's a cautionary warning for people new to porn is <laughs> like it, well, not can... all porn is equal. <laughs> Here's something that you didn't know. So I've actually been catching up on RuPaul's Drag Race because I honestly I was never like an avid watcher. I've watched like few episodes here and there but because of this pandemic i'm like well let me just start from season one and work myself up mm-hmm. your season the best season and i mean oh, that, so that, that, no, that, that, that that literally was the best season it was like and then to watch all-stars with some of the same people like that's the best all-stars season two but anyways your season was the best one and there was one challenge that you did that was my favorite you didn't win but it was just so perfect because you you were hamming it up and it was the, the, the challenge where you had to cry oh. over something. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And you just ham that shit up. And I don't know if you were purposely trying to be serious or hamming it up, but I didn't care because I loved it. And that literally that moment I was like, Jinx is the real deal. She's an entertainer. <laughs> she likes, she likes doing this shit. Yeah, I really do like doing it. Yeah. And I I know exactly the moment you're thinking about. I was definitely hamming it up because okay. um uh I I didn't, you know, they were like uh cry, make us cry and I was like I have no way to access this. I'm going to have to go at it from a comedy route and my favorite is Alaska saying Jinx is supposed to be making us cry, but she's making me laugh. <laughs> and the way she delivers that moment is my favorite. Um, it's true. It's no, and also even Alaska too. Like both of you are actually my favorite. And don't tell that to Detox because I'm actually friends with Detox. But no, you, you two are my favorite because you, you, you both love it, and you get it. You, you get this is absurd. This is ridiculous. Let's play. <laughs> Um, we are nearing the end, um, and I have my compulsory obligatory questions to ask you. Um, but really quickly, um, as concise as you can be, I'd love to know your take on having worked in studio porn and having um, done self-generated, self-produced porn. Um, what are your thoughts on this on this new um, shift to self-produced porn and and essentially the only fans of it all do you have any profound thoughts you'd like to share <laughs> i think it's amazing that it's going in that route that it's going the power is being shifted to performers it's always been in the hands of performers but performers are now realizing their power and their worth mm-hmm. so we're actually able to make the content that we want with the people that we want showing the representation that we want and making our own goddamn money consistently you know generating revenue that's a relatively new thing for a lot of performers before you get a paycheck and then you're done so and it's only going to continue moving in that direction and i'm curious to see what the next big thing will be because the, the landscape today will not look the same in five years guaranteed yeah when i left porn in 2016 there was no only fans and literally when i left only fans and many bits and all these other, I'm like, 
what in the hell is ha happening? But that's the direction that happens with porn. So it, it's going to move into that. And I, and I can't wait to see more power and better quality content coming from performers. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I love... <sighs> I love OnlyFans. I, I think of it as sexy Instagram. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so my compulsory obligatory questions for you, Wolf Hudson. Number one, who is your celebrity crush today? Oh, uh, I, I forget her name. She uh, is in the new James Bond movie. She's a Cuban actress. She was the, the woman who was who just broke it off with Ben Affleck. I forget her name. Oh my god, hold on. I'm so I, bad I, with pop culture. And then you said James Bond, and I'm like, I'm not gonna have yeah. any access to this. Let me see. She's in no no time to die. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Uh her name is uh the, 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 is it no not Naomi Harris. Not Lashana Lynch. Is it? Ah, oh, forget it. Anyways, people can look it up and you'll see who it is. It's the Cuban <laughs> girl in the new James Bond movie. That's my latest crush. Um, I will say my celebrity crush today is you, Wolf, Wolf <laughs> Hudson. Shut up. <laughs> no, it's 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 sincere. Um, and I'll throw Michael Vegas in too and say um. You know, uh, what a sandwich that would be to be a part of. You you guys are pals. Have you ever, as, as okay, as you form friendships with people in the porn industry, has that, um, has that been more fun when you do a scene with a friend? Or is it like you have to get the giggles out before you um, do a scene with a close friend? <laughs> you, you, you have to get the giggles out. And a lot of times the giggles can happen during the scene. <laughs> Have you ever it done a scene with Michael Vegas? Um, I'm focusing on I, him because I'm a friend of his as well. And <laughs> I honestly, I I know we've been in the same movies. I don't believe that we've ever done like a like a. Mm -hmm. We have definitely off camera had sex with uh, the same girls mm -hmm. together. Like we've tag teamed. But like <laughs> there was a period. There was a, there was literally a period where he was like my DP buddy in crime. <laughs> And it was uh, great, but we've never, but we've never actually worked together, like you know, because he doesn't do that. Yeah. Well, maybe if I self fund the entire thing, <laughs> baby, let me tell you something. If 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 you can get Michael Vegas to come over to the dark side, I would be so appreciative because I would love to rail that ass. Sorry for the viewers if it's. If I'm letting the expletives fly, but you know what? I really do. Oh, wait, you, well, you know what? The closest that I ever came, I actually got to fist him with a group of people at a, at a party in Las Vegas that was attended by Stormy Daniels. Just a good old fashioned fisting party. Just a good old fashioned, yeah, no, it was, it was this little, little nook. It was a private little thing at this like goth club. And he just had a bunch of people fist and I was looking at him and he's like, so I put on a glove and I took <laughs> some of that glove and I went in there and I had my hands with multiple people in there. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, people were watching. Like, oh, oh, oh. It wasn't even sexual. It was more like, oh, look at me. Oh. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but, but anyways, I was. I'd love to rail his ass. He's got a fantastic ass. And, I and know does he, he take it. does he know that you feel this way? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Because y'all are old buddies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're old buddies. I've, I've known him for literally over 10 years. Oh, my God. The first time I met him real quick, he was this fresh faced, straight hair, comb to the side, button up shirt kind of guy. And I remember I, he comes up to me at an award show with a suit and tie. And he's like, hi, are you both? Hudson and I'm like yeah hi I'm Michael Vegas nice to meet you and that was so unlike any male performer that I've met because yeah. usually they're like hey what's going on yeah yeah they, you know you gotta put the whole fake yeah, alpha yeah, yeah. persona but he was so genuine about wanting to meet me and introducing himself and I'm like I love this guy
Yeah. And we're still friends to this day. And we actually worked together not that long ago. He was of the videographer and I was the performer. Yeah. Um, I got to go visit him at uh, his house with Susie Q. We all um, floated around in the pool and got to know each other. And what an amazing couple of people the two of them are with great life stories. (laughs) He's he's, he's Um, definitely lived. It's it's funny because it's like I know fans of Drag Race love to know like which queens are friends with each other and what do they mm-hmm. do like when they're not on stage. I'm yeah. the same way with porn stars. I love knowing who knows each other and like oh what like do you guys have a little barbecue on Sundays and <laughs> <laughs> talk about the well, work week? <laughs> well, you know what pre pre pandemic that was kind of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, but. Uh, not every single adult performer knows each other. That's yeah. that's for damn sure. So the ones that do know each other, that's that's a very small group. Yeah. My next question for you is: Are you spiritual? I am not spiritual. Mm-hmm. For me, I exist. I do not know what the hell is around me. I just know I'm working with what I have, and I'm going to make the best of it until I die. So it it's nothing negative towards spirituality or religion it's more of i personally don't believe any of that exists i can find my happiness in other ways i can find my peace in other ways that does not require that you're an existentialist (laughs) which was my favorite philosophy to study in philosophy um and finally uh, what is your go-to karaoke song Oh my god. Uh I'll make love to you, voice to men. <laughs> I can already picture it. <laughs> oh. I'm ready to do it with you. <laughs> I would I would love to do a duet. Yeah. Okay, so I'm getting all kinds of ideas for future collaborations. What was the first one? We were gonna um moonwalk. <laughs> Oh, well, walking against the wind. Walking against our pantomime, yeah. our pantomime, pantomime. reel. And then yeah. um, we'll close out with um, you and I duetting, I'll make love to you. Um, yeah, but, but, <laughs> but, but with your little ukulele. Yeah, with the, oh, acoustic. Absolutely. And we'll get Michael Vegas on guitar. We'll get Susie Q on ukulele. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, get the whole band together. So uh, I would uh, love to give you a moment if you have anything you'd like to promote, if you want to direct people to any of your um, social medias or your OnlyFans or feel free to plug away. (laughs) I feel so dirty doing this part. (laughs) Put the money on the table. (laughs) Um, Okay. um, So my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Wolf Hudson is by. You can find me on Twitter at Wolf Hudson is by. You can find me on Instagram at Wolf Hudson official. It's not by, it's official. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Pornhub. Just type in Wolf Hudson and believe me, you will find my content. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Wolf, for being so candid and um, so eloquent in communicating um, your experience in an industry that. Um, doesn't often get to to talk so openly and so candidly. And um, thank you for doing the work that you do for all the horny people out there and for all the <laughs> porn enthusiasts. And um, and thank you for your visibility and um, your refusal to apologize for who you are or the work that you do. <laughs> God damn it! Well, I appreciate you for allowing me to go come on your platform and be able to show this side of my community. Well, thank you so much. And you can show me any side you want. Um, you got it. <laughs> thank you, Wolf Hudson. And thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon anywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx. Forever. <laughs> 
to hijinks at free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Hijinks five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hijinks is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, produced by Big Dipper, editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.